And now, back to David Spada and Elliot Harris for more sports and torts on TalkZone.com. Elliot, let's get right to our next guest. He was a three-time All-Star, one of the best players in Houston Astro history, Jimmy Wynn. How you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing fine. How about Phil? Good. I want to know about this nickname. When I mentioned yesterday you were coming on the show, everybody was saying, the toy cannon, the toy cannon. What does that mean? Well, it means that one of the greatest nicknames ever put on an ex-baseball player is something that I didn't like at the beginning because if you know if I didn't hit a home run here in Houston or any place else, it's just plain Jimmy Wynn. But once I did hit a home run, the toy cannon exploded. And everywhere that I went, instead of using my regular name, Jimmy Wynn, they used to call me the Tar Cannon. So uh, I began to like it. The fans loved it, and I kept it. What were you, about 5'8", 165? 5'9", and 165. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to shortchange you there. That's all right. A lot of people have already done it. <laughs> I mean, pointing at Astrodome, they had to be torture for a hitter because, I mean, that was kind of like the Grand Canyon of baseball stadiums. Uh, yes, it was. It, it was, uh, you know, it was an indoor facility, one of the uh, first ever built uh, around, you know, around the country called Ace One of the World. But it was just something that I loved and enjoyed, and uh, I had very good success there. And uh, a lot of people, you know, said that uh, any other place I might have been in the Hall of Fame, but I loved playing in the Astrodome. It was a beautiful ballpark, and, uh, and, uh, and then once again, it was just something that we had to do. So do you look at the current Astros home and say, yeah, I probably could hit about 500, 600 home runs in, in this one with the, that nice, comfy, close left field. And the... well, come to think about, it, I was at the ball ball uh, ball game last night, and a lot of people asked me that same question. And I told them I'm 69 years old, so I really don't know how many home runs I would have hit. Well, right now you'd probably only hit about 35 or 40. Uh, well, with the money they're paying these guys, I can hit maybe more than that. Okay, ready for a comeback? I am. Astros could use some help, you know. Well, yeah, they uh, they got a bunch of young uh, young ball players that are playing uh, great baseball now. They are uh, exciting. Uh, they uh, a lot of hustle. Uh, they won last night. I think uh, they got about a four game winning streak going right now. So uh, it's a lot of improvement from the first uh, from the first beginning of the year. I'll tell you one thing: you're probably happy about is not having to patrol that center field. I mean, you have to buy extra insurance with that hill out there. Well, you know, I played on that hill uh, in Cincinnati at Old Crosley Field. So I have an idea of what to do and how to handle it. Uh, Michael Bourne did it very well, and I'm sorry that the Astros traded away, but uh, it's something that uh, beautified the ballpark, and uh, and everybody loves it. Who was the toughest pitcher you faced? Everybody. <laughs> everybody. But I think the one guy that I uh, I, re- I respect all the pitchers that I faced, uh, and you know all the guys that I faced are in the Hall of Fame just about. But I think the guy who really gave me a lot of trouble was uh, Chris Short and Bob Gibson. Those two guys really, really just knew how to pitch me. Okay, what was it? About- I can understand Gibson. What was it about Chris Short? Chris Short never threw me a fastball. Everything was sliders. He's, he's as you know, he's a left-handed pitcher. Right. Everything came from first base down. And without me knowing what to do and how to do it, I kept swinging, kept swinging, kept swinging. He kept throwing, kept throwing, and <laughs> and uh, you know, consequently, I think I hit about one something off of off of both of those pitchers. And you had some great teammates, but one of them was former ESPN analyst Joe Morgan. Did you ever think Joe Morgan had become such a successful sportscaster? Uh, no, I didn't. Well, matter of fact, we never thought about uh, you know going in that field at all. But uh, he did a great job with ESPN. I think he was doing a great job with the with the Giants out in San Francisco. 
But, uh, you know, he uh, he knew what he had to do, and he went on and done it. Now, back in the day, they didn't keep track so much of on-base percentage and things like that. If you were playing today, people would be much more aware of your on-base percentage, and you would be valued higher than just a guy who hit for power and, you know, batted 250 or something. You ever wonder what your value would would have been if they were making greater use of saber metrics and things like that? Uh, well, no, I never thought about it, but uh, come to think about it, I think that, yeah, I would have been uh, making a lot more than I did when I was playing baseball if they kept up with those stats a lot because uh, not only was I getting on base by walks or base hits or anything like that era, I was still, uh, also stealing bases, hitting home runs, driving in runs. So I would believe that my value to the Astros at that particular time or any other ball club would have been uh, greatly uh, greatly put to use. So uh, those are the years that I look back and smile, and I thank God that uh, he gave me the opportunity to become uh, a Major League Baseball player. Whatever happened to the stolen base? Seems like teams don't do it very much nowadays. They don't. I think everybody, the fans, I think uh, when baseball had went on a strike and, and when uh, uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa started hitting home runs, I think uh, baseball came back. Uh, baseball parks were built for fans and home runs, and I think that's the reason why that everybody wants to see home runs now because of that. A guy that you're compared to who some people have said you were even better than, Roberto Clemente is in the Hall of Fame. Do you feel that you should be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, I would love to be part of a, a, a select group to be in the Hall of Fame, but uh, I think my uh, uh, my credentials or my facts or things like that is not really up to uh, to uh, Hall of Fame standard. But uh, some of the guys that uh, that were picked before me uh, have lesser stats than me uh, stats than me, so uh, I would love to be there. I mean, I really would. I mean, you did it all. You were a five-tool player before they talked about five-tool players. Thank you. I was. I could run. Uh, I can throw. I can catch. I can hit. I hit with power and drive in runs. So, uh, you know, on top of that, I would love, like I said, I would love to be there, but it's up to the people who uh, uh, who put these guys in there. Why did the Astros change their name from the Colt 45s to the Astros? I mean, the Colt 45 sounds like a Texas-type name. Astros, I don't know. What, what's an Astro? And Astro, uh, you know, we were the space uh, space uh, uh, city, right. uh, USA. So, uh, Co 45s, uh, we were out outdoors, and uh, Co 45s, I think, was one of the sponsors back then. So they named the ball club then the Co 45s. And as they uh, went into the Astrodome in 1965, they needed another name, and the name the Astros came up because of Space City, USA. Okay. In the Astrodome, I remember watching a movie with the Bad News Bears. I think you and the Bad News Bears are the only people who enjoyed playing in that Astrodome. <laughs> well, we had no choice. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it was right there. We had to uh, do what we could to uh, make it uh, uh, worth playing there. And I had no, you know, no qualms whatsoever. I got an opportunity to play baseball, and I had an opportunity to play in the eighth one of the world, the Astrodome. So. I took full advantage of what I had, and uh, matter of fact, I had a, uh, a good career in the Dome. Now, in 2005, you had your number retired by the Astros. What was that like for you? Oh, it was great. I mean, it was tremendous. Almost like going into the Hall of Fame, almost. Uh, it was something that uh, uh, I never thought would happen. I never played for Drake McClain, the owner of the Astros, and I think that he saw fit that uh, a lot of people suggested that my number be retired because of the things I did around in the community. 
and uh and 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 it came about and my number right now when I go to the ball game I look at it and smile and and thank God for uh everything. And then you went and played for the Dodgers for 2 years. I mean, the Dodger fans love baseball. Even though they get to the games a couple innings late and leave early, I mean, they come and support their team. Oh, they did. Uh, I think 1974 was a uh, beautiful year for me not only on the baseball field but in the stands. Uh I was very fortunate to have a lot of fans uh, down in Los Angeles, and and by the way, they uh, name a section after me down there, Cannon Country. Uh, that went on for 1974 and 75, so it was beautiful. And, and playing with uh, a, ma- a manager like Walter Alston, Junior Gilliam, and uh, uh, all these type of guys, and of course playing with Walter Alston as a manager and the owner, Walter and Peter O'Malley, was great. I mean, the ball club was fantastic. The people were great, so. Consequently, we had a great year and won the National League pennant. I thought all Walter Alston had to do was roll out the bats and the balls and uh, sit back and just enjoy all the talent he had on the team. What was he like as a manager? He was great. Uh, quiet. Uh, he knew exactly what to do and how to do it. He knew how to command respect from the players, and the players gave him respect. I know I did. And all he had to do was just walk out on the uh, walk in the dugout and point and says, you playing, and uh, let's go out and win a ball game. And that's exactly what we did. Wasn't Lasorda on his coaching staff? Oh, yeah. Lasorda was the third-base coach. Junior Gillen was the first-base coach. So we had some great uh, 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 individuals who knew the game of baseball, knew how to win, and just, and they just passed it on to us. I'll assume Tommy Lasorda was a, a, a lot louder presence in the clubhouse than Junior Gilliam. Oh, yes, he was. I mean, he was there. I mean, every other day he had a movie star in the clubhouse, and he had Italians bringing Italian food, and we were – uh, eating it like it was going out of style. And one day I told him, I said, listen, uh, you know, I don't want to eat this stuff before a ball game because I will get uh, very, very sluggish. Uh, just bring me a Dodger dog and let's go to work. <laughs> Who was the biggest star you ever met? Uh, Jack Benny. Jack Benny. I, I took a picture with him when they had a softball uh, game there. And uh, I met a lot of uh, dignitaries there. Johnny Carson, uh, of course, Jack Benny, early win, uh, uh, I mean, I met all these guys, and of course the mayor of Los Angeles at the time, Mayor Bradley. I met him and his wife and had breakfast with him. So uh, I had a fantastic two two years in, in California that I wouldn't trade for nothing in the world. Okay. And then you got to spend a little time in 77 with the Yankees. That must I tell you, two, two great franchises, the Dodgers and the Yankees. And uh, the Yankees in 77, as a, you know, the guys were great. I mean, super. Thurman Munson, Chris Chambliss. The guys that I respect a great deal, uh, Lou Pinella, uh, uh, Sparky Lau, Catfish Hunter, those guys, I mean, those guys took me under the wing and told me, said, you know, you played in the National League all your life, now you come into the American League, uh, you're a part of the Yankees, and we love to have you. So, uh, you know, everything went very smoothly for me. Who was the manager in 77? Of course, Billy Martin. What was he like, Mr. Tranquil? We had we had Al Rose on. Al didn't want to talk about Billy. He, he didn't sound like he was the biggest fan of Billy. Well, I'd say he was he was quite a character. I mean, you know, my first day of spring training, and I thought I would, uh, you know, learn something. Uh, I did uh, uh, that day, and uh, the first day of spring training was all right. You guys know what to do. Go ahead and handle it. Uh, we let the uh, coaching staff uh, take care of you, and when the spring training. Uh, uh, practice was over with at noon. I went to have some lunch, and guess who I saw in the bar drinking was Billy Martin and Mickey Mantle. I said, wow, this is going to be a hell of a year. And they'd probably only been in the bar for a couple hours at that point. Uh, well, they left at 8 o'clock. <laughs> so, you know, uh, they might have been there for a very long time. 
I'm going to ask you the course we've asked a lot of the former players we interviewed. Who was the greatest ever? The former Yankee players tend to favor Mantle. Everybody else says Willie Mays. Or do you think it's somebody else? I would say Willie Mays because I played uh, played in the National League against Willie, and uh, he taught me a great deal. And uh, I've never played against Mickey Mantle. I've, I've heard a great deal about him, but I would uh, uh, give a start to uh, Willie Mays. Okay. Now, what did Willie teach you? Well, when uh, spring training, when I got uh, uh, went to spring training one year, I had uniform number 18. And when I made the ball club, uh, I wanted 18 because I had such a good uh, spring training. And when we got uh, to Houston opening day, they had 24. And being a kid, I couldn't say much, but I did uh, mention to the uh, manager and the general manager that I did not want 24. So they insisted on me having it. And then when we played the San Francisco Giants, the general manager, Speck Richardson, called me to his office and said, uh, Willie Mays would like to talk to you. And the greatest advice that I got from a great superstar was, I wear 24. I'm Willie Mays. So anybody, uh, nobody can be just like me. So what is your name? My name is Jimmy Wynn. It says, be like Jimmy Wynn and wear 24 proudly. So I've been, I heard that, uh, that particular time. I've been carrying it on for years and years. Players today will not do that, which I feel bad for the current players. I mean, you take a guy who played 20 years in the leagues, you think he'd take one of these young guys under the wings like he was and teach him the game, but they don't want to do that nowadays. No, they don't. I think uh, these guys think they know about the game of baseball, which they don't. Uh, they have their own agenda. Uh, you know, they learn from uh, themselves, and themselves is not doing very well. Uh, when I played, I learned from guys like Willie Mays, uh, Roberto Clemente, Ernie Banks, Billy Williams, and guys like that. They taught you the game. They are, they're willing to sit down and discuss the game. But these kids now, they have their own agenda, and they just go by it. And, uh, you know, like the history of the game, they don't even know why they're getting paid so much money because of that. They don't know who started it. They don't know who gave them an opportunity to make a great living like that. So it's it's a different uh, bunch of guys. And and you get a lot of ball players who look like during their career they're auditioning for broadcast jobs for when their careers are over. That is so correct. That is so correct. It's a shame, but that's how it is. You know what? They do things bigger and better in Texas. Uh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. I mean, uh, I had an opportunity. Uh, two things that happened to me because of uh, certain uh, certain things. I got a building name after me here in Houston. It's called the Jimmy Wynn Training Center, where we had batting cages and uh, and uh, classrooms to teach the kids about life and about the game of baseball. And of course, I was uh, uh, elected to be in the Hall, uh, Hall of Fame, Texas Black Hall of Fame in Dallas, Texas. So. Some great things have been happening to me, but one thing I would like very much to happen to me is being in the Hall of Fame with the big guys. Exactly. And maybe you could be Governor of Texas when Rick Perry gives it up. Uh, no, sir. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time, Mr. Wynn. It was a pleasure talking to you. All right, David Elliott, you guys take care, and God bless you, and thank you very much. God thank bless you. you. That was former Houston Astro, Dodger, Yankee, Jimmy Wynn, the Milton toy cannon. Bre- Brewer. Let's not forget the Brewers. Another great show today. I want to thank our guests, Jimmy Wynn, Gary Peters, and the lovely Mary Kay Valenti. Excellent. We'll Thanks have to a, do it again. We'll have to do it again next week. You'll go in your black book, Fonzie, and bring another girl in, and I'll go through my big black book and look for some players. Sounds like a plan. I'm David Spade with Ellie Harris. Stay tuned next week, and I want to thank our producer, Dave Olson.